We've never seen a perfect marriage. But we have seen marriages that are full of laughter and life. Conflict and misunderstandings. Growth and hope. We want to dive into the nuts and bolts of those relationships. There are no experts here. Just real talk with real couples who really like each other. This is Marriage Lab with Aaron and Jenna. All right. Welcome to Marriage Lab. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jenna. <laughs> Sorry, their eardrums. They, I just, it was like pent up energy. Their eardrums, oh. my eardrums. I'm the one wearing headphones it right now. It was true enthusiasm. Just is it for a cause? Does that make it better or no? Yeah, Still no, painful. I'm sure it was really great for everybody. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, folks. <laughs> no. Um, so we had, it's weird. I don't know what to call it. Not a fight, but a, maybe a misunderstanding conflict. We had conflict. Yeah, we had conflict. So we had strong emotions, strong emotion. That's a good indication that you can call it conflict when yeah. there's strong emotions involved and you don't necessarily see eye to eye because if you both hate the same thing, there's strong emotions, but it's really great. That's <laughs> actually the opposite strong emotions. Yeah. <laughs> so we just say it's a fight. Yeah, sure. Um, Jenna had, te- you had texted me and said, I had, I had this idea of we lived near the Redwoods and that's on the coast. And I had wanted to do a camping trip. We did a couple years ago with a friend group where we all booked like little kind of KOA cabins. And I found one and I was like, I'm the planner, the trip planner. I get excited. I'm also impulsive. So then when I have an idea, I'm like, let's do it. Let's book it now. It's never going to happen. I have like major FOMO. So I was trying to coordinate with Aaron that I wanted to go with all these friends. And I was at work at the time. So she's texting me. And then I was trying to nail down dates with them as well. So then I had a couple date options, which ended up being Mother's Day or the following weekend where because they don't have a lot of availability which is our anniversary yep so it was either mother's day or our anniversary so jenna texted me um series of texts uh one was it started off with hey i have this idea for mother's day this is what i'd like to do follow-up text with something else and then the big text which was I want to go to these cabins in the woods and it won't work. I want to invite our friends and it won't work for Mother's Day because they're all busy. So let's do our uh, anniversary weekend, the weekend after. Uh, what do you think about that? And I looked at the text real quick. I saw a few texts and so I was trying to read through them fast. And really the only thing that I read was, hey, uh, I want to do this weekend and I can't do it on Mother's Day. So let's do it on our anniversary and my first thought was like, oh, actually, I don't want to replace our anniversaries, 12 years, um, with friends and family and all this stuff. It made it feel like less special. And I, I, I actually, in my head, I thought, okay, I could feel myself just be sad about it and just say, yeah, no, let's go ahead and do it. But I was like, I don't want to do that. I actually want to stand up for, you know, I don't want to do that. I actually want to share how I feel and say, I have an opinion about this, even though she's not going to like it. So, but I couldn't respond right away. So later Jenna brought it up and I told Weren't her. Were in person when yeah. you brought it up? Okay. So, so we brought it up and I was like, yeah, I really don't, I really don't want to do that. And um, it actually makes me sad that, you know, you don't want to do it on our, uh, or that I'd be cool with doing it. I don't know. Yeah. Like I think some of the, st- and I, I don't remember how I phrased it, but something along the lines of the thing that I'm, the story that I'm telling myself is that, um, our anniversary is not that important to you. And therefore, um, you don't mind, you know, doing something with a bunch of other people. And it was funny cause he was like, I don't want to do that. And I instantly like what was going on inside of me. Like I, it was like a fireworks of feelings was, oh, I'd wanted to do this for Mother's Day. Um, almost like you can't tell me no because it's mother. Like, this is like, what? And you go on Father's Day to do this like big camping trip with a bunch of guys. So I was like, I'm not allowed to have an opinion, but you're allowed to have an opinion. And I don't know that I got as mad as you as I did get sad. And then maybe mm. I was like, wait, 
I get to do things, right? Because um, I don't think I, I try normally to not be as demanding, but it feels like Mother's Day, you get to, you know. Like, yeah, you, you get, get to, to choose. You actually get to have a stronger opinion. <laughs> it doesn't. Normal. It's not 50-50 at this point. You actually are allowed to have at least 51% of the opinion. <laughs> Which I normally do anyway, so it's not Mother's Day, <laughs> well, but we'll just 51, pretend. 60, but I 70? have to pretend on the other holidays where this way I could just be blatant. <laughs> I get my way. No, I'm kidding. Um, but, and then the other thing was, I in holiday or anniversaries past we don't always do things and it's like sometimes last minute hey yeah let's we should just go to a restaurant in town let's get a babysitter and I was like 12 is not a big deal and I realized that oh I'll be sad if I don't do this because of our anniversary but then we do nothing for anniversary so I like felt like it felt less scary and potentially sad to have go camping with a bunch of friends and our children on our anniversary than it would be to have no plans. And we make room for no plans. One of the ways that you had phrased it when you figured that part out was I, I, you probably weren't, aren't, I don't remember. Yeah, I remember. Here's here's actually how I heard this. Oh, well, I guess you can say what you said. Aaron's probably not going to plan something. So, and protecting really self-protecting myself from the disappointment of not it not being special or no plans. I should plan something to like circumvent the potential pain I could feel. Right. And that was painful to hear because um, one, because it's true. Like I, I don't, there's many times in the past where I haven't planned stuff and it hasn't been special. Um, but I also know that that's a sore spot for me. I want to be better at gifts. I want to be better at these things, but I have a lot of anxiety around gift giving, um, because I have failed spectacularly in the past. And also Jenna's number one gift or number one and two is like words of affirmation and gifts for love languages. And gifts is like five for me. It's like at the very bottom. And so, so there is a lot of anxiety around there. So I didn't like hearing, hey, I was expecting you to, f-. here's what I heard. I was expecting you to fail. And so in order for me, since you were going to fail, I decided to just figure out a way for me to not be sad by you failing. So mm-hmm. there's just a lot of you fail, you fail, you fail, and I'm expecting it. And so while I had to talk myself down from that, I think what I got, what I realized at one point was, Oh, I actually, if I knew, if I know what your need is around the anniversary, like, hey, it would, it actually feel pretty good if you did something, if you planned something, then I would have a chance to meet it. Now I could fail for sure, but I will try, I will guarantee fail by us not having the opportunity, me not having the opportunity. So one time we got, I got counseling, gosh, maybe eight years ago. And um, at the council, I told the counselor, is it okay that I don't really share my heart with my wife? I just kind of reserve that for... Because I wasn't good at listening. For my sister, my friends. And the counselor was like, uh, yeah, that's totally okay. As long as you don't want to be close to your wife. And I was like, oh, gosh, Okay. She's just so bad at listening. Like she talks and she tries to fix me and interrupts and all this stuff. And he's like, okay, so how much practice have you given her um, to do it the way that you need it? And I was like, uh, well, I, not that much because it hurts so bad, you know, like when she doesn't do it the way that I need it. And he's like, okay, so how is she ever going to get better? And I was like, crap, okay. Don't you hate it when they connect those dots? And you're like, ugh. Yeah. And so over the years, we've had to practice what I'll go, I'll start by sharing, I'll start to share something vulnerable or deep or heavy or whatever. And I'll say, okay, so I'm about to say something. And what I need from you is to just listen and to empathize and go, man, that sounds really hard, but don't try to fix it and don't interrupt. And so Jen will go, okay. And then I will literally see you like clenching your jaw shut to not let the words out in (laughs) the middle. All of my self control. Cause he doesn't, he's not looking for like, I realize that I actively listening is what I call it. So like if he's saying something, I don't need to make the conversation about me, but I'm like, really? How'd that make you feel? Or did he say that to you? And he's like, that's interrupting. And I'm like, no, I'm just wanting more details for the story you're telling. But that doesn't make your, so then I have to just, 
I literally remember biting my lips at times. Like, yeah. Don't talk right now. <laughs> <laughs> and it is tempting to not um, to let myself go. Oh, see, she wants to talk. She doesn't. Because really what I am wanting is I want to be the most interesting person in the world to you right now. And that means I'm hanging on every word and I'm not interested in saying anything because I want to hear what's going on in you. And so when I saw, would see you biting your lip and, the, and I would still go, Ugh, see, she doesn't know how to do this. But you were actually trying, like you were attempting to meet my love language and you were attempting to do exactly what I asked for. And so I actually had to retrain my brain to go, this is her communicating love. You can receive that love. And you've had to do the same thing for me when you go, hey, can you tell me what you like about me? And I'm like, um, and then I I spout some things off and you're like, okay. I can receive that as love, even though it didn't feel very genuine. There was not a ton of energy behind it, which is really what makes you feel loved by words. And um, anyway, so this felt like one of, to bring it all the way back around, it felt like one of those chances for me to, like, I actually need to hear and hear what you need and practice it and be able, I need the opportunity to fail. Around actually. our anniversary, like playing something for our anniversary. Yeah. yeah, and we had actually listened to a podcast where they there was an Enneagram 7 wife and an Enneagram 9 husband, and one of the things they said that I got out of that was um, she really wants him to, she feels really loved when he takes charge. And his natural stance, which is mine as well, is to let you take charge because you have way more opinions. So many opinions. So many opinions. And, but I didn't, I, so I thought I was just like doing what you want, you know, by letting you quote unquote, take charge, like planning this whole weekend. Um, but when she said like, I felt, I feel really loved. And then I think you had stopped the um, podcast and said that actually I would feel really loved. And then I, you know, I kind of rebutted with, but what about all your opinions? You know? And you said, well, actually I would love to, I'd love to be a part of that process but I really, I really like when you are leading that process. So even if I do get to share my opinions, you're the one leading it. And I thought, oh, I, I guess I, I can do that. Like I can do that. And so I actually thought to myself as we were listening to that, I want to figure out a time and a way to take charge and to actually and in, include you in the process. But to do that, so when it was kind of like stripped away from me or we had the talk and I was like, Oh, oh so you thought anniversary at that point, or is it not until later that you realized it wasn't until later that I realized like, this is a good opportunity. Um, and I, you know, could have missed it, but we, I then did, I started coming up with some ideas, even though I knew here's the normal process. I'll bring you the ideas and you go, those are great. But what if we did this, this and this instead? And then, and I used to get, my feelings hurt when you would say that. Cause I'm like, I actually tried, I tried to come up with ideas and you didn't like any of them. See, this is why you should just do it all. But you actually felt loved by the three ideas I threw out and the fact that I was trying to lead and take charge and, and you still got to have an opinion in it. You still got to show up as well. So it's interesting. Cause I realized that I like brain, like, um, what's it called? Like almost co-building. I don't want my opinion to be the final, but I'd like input, but then I'd like room for your input too. So like, that's mm-hmm. kind of weird. But then also, I don't know, even as we're talking, realizing like, oh, me controlling stuff. I, if I'm in control, I feel safe because I won't disappoint myself. So it actually feels mm-hmm. more vulnerable to let you meet needs that I know I can meet myself, but then that doesn't let, that doesn't build any trust or let you you could gain so much more ground and like affection. My heart will grow in affection for you. If I risk you not doing it my way, but then also redefining like my way is not the only way I'm like, okay, I think I need to be more okay with not ideal. I think sometimes I have too lofty of idealisms and just recognizing your act of love in it. Even if it's not the, you know what I would deem the most, I don't know, epic adventure for sure. Anniversary, yeah. but yeah, I really loved I was laughing as you're talking about another podcast on our podcast. I was like, is that like Inception? Can we like mention other podcasts on a podcast? <laughs> You've seen Inception, right? <laughs> Maybe I don't get how it works. No, that's <laughs> <laughs> dang it. 
I thought it was a good movie reference. I thought I'd get street cred with you. <laughs> I think I lost street cred based on that just, spark. Just a little, little bit. It was a nice try. Uh, I appreciate it. It's like a beautiful mind in Fight Club. <laughs> where they <laughs> Just throw all the movie titles out. Trying to Neo. Be like, yeah. Did I land on one? Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So we are going to have our friends Molly and Peter Rogers on. Mm, I'm so excited. Yeah, we like them a lot. We're, they, we have a ton of fun with them, uh, double dates, and we really like how they pursue personal growth and health. And as a couple, they're yeah. just always willing and ready to grow and take feedback and That's just true. get better in general. So they're, re- they're willing to look at their lids and go after them. Like they're, yeah, always pursuing growth. That's yep. Cool. So that's why we asked them on. So enjoy. Here they are. We have our friends, Peter Rogers and Molly Rogers. Welcome, Hello. guys. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like all this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> welcome to your it? house. <laughs> yeah. Wait, sorry. So how long have you been married? Uh, seven years. Yep. And how old is your daughter? She is 21 months and adorable. We love her. Sloan. Such a, a cool yep. Sloan Marie. name. Yes. Yeah, we, we actually, we get compliments on that name all the time. Yeah. And our brother-in-law recently told us, he's like, that was the name for my daughter. Oh, no, and you really? guys stole it. So. Of course. <laughs> That's a bummer. <laughs> you guys didn't know. So I was like, eh. Ignorance. Oh, maybe, yeah, the, maybe. No, there's know. only so much you can do about baby names. <laughs> no, yeah. It's true. yeah, it's true. That's why I'm firm that we don't tell anybody our future names, just because you don't want to put that on other people. Smart. Well, yeah. you're firm that we don't have them, but I have them all picked out. So. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely me. I had a whole. I had maybe thirty names for each of the kids I expected us to have. Are you talking? Okay, it is actually thirty funny, kids. When, when we got married, or when we find out we'd have a kid, he'd want to start, or like that I was pregnant, he'd want to start talking baby needs immediately. And I was like, "What's the point?" I'm just really practical sometimes. Like we don't know the gender. Half of our conversation is useless until we know the gender. Is this a seven thing? Because you and Peter are both sevens, and I am I'm the same as Aaron. Like I have all the names. I don't need to know what it is. I didn't know you were a seven. Yeah. All right, yeah. I'm learning some new stuff. What about you? I'm an eight. Oh, okay. But I'm a, so I don't know how deep we want to go, but I'm a social eight. So if you know anything about the Enneagram, the counter type. So I'm the one that looks kind of like a two or a nine. So most people who like barely know me are like, what? You're not an eight. I would never expect that. But all of my motivations are eight and the way I react, all the anger, that's totally me. So. Okay. um, What's the main motivation? um, To be in control. Okay. (laughs) Peter, have you experienced this? (laughs) Yeah. From time to time. Yeah. Like every day. (laughs) How has that um, kind of affected your relationship? I assume there'd be some conflict around that. Yeah, there's absolutely conflict around that. (laughs) Um, The way I like to describe Molly is there's not a hill that she won't die on. (laughs) Like she will like go to the mat for any little thing. And I'm definitely less. I I value conflict, but I'm not looking for it on a daily basis. Uh, Yeah. And I don't really like conflict against me, but I'm... Ready to go at any time. <laughs> you don't mind dishing it out. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, I will. I'll, I'll die on most any hill. Is actually pretty true. I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress. So what does that? What does like conflict look like then? When you guys, when you're dying on a hill, but it's important to you. Well, how do you guys work that out? It gets heated. Yeah, we we definitely have some heated arguments and and fights. I would say we probably fight. Uh, yeah, it depends a little bit more than a healthy amount. <laughs> <laughs> Just over That's the true. scale. Yeah. yeah. I don't know it what a healthy amount sense, is. Though, though. Having like aggressive personalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because me, we had my bosses on here. They're the one, their episode just aired today. And they are, he's a seven, eight, and she's an eight, seven. Okay. And so, oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they fight all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's, they, they're just both passionate about things and like get into it. And so they still have mm-hmm. a really good relationship. They just happen to me and Jenna, on the other hand, would something comes up, it's hard. And we're like, oh, it's not worth it. And yeah. just like, let it lie. It's so true. Well, and I think, That's you amazing. know, we've, we've learned to fight in a more healthy manner. I mean, a, mm-hmm. a lot of times early on and, and we're in our growth process, but you fight from a place of like insecurity or pain. 
Mm-hmm. And I think we're we're more realizing our motivations behind that. We get to it faster. Yeah. Now. And, and, and resolve faster. And when we're connected, our fights go much better than mm-hmm. when we're not. And mm-hmm. so I think, at least for me, I can kind of figure out like, okay, I'm fighting about something really stupid that doesn't really matter, like what's actually going on and re- realizing that there's actually disconnection in mm-hmm. the background of that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So one thing I, I think... I don't even remember. So, Aaron, you always used to read like marriage and self help books, and you still do. <laughs> this one time, I'll never forget. We before kids, we were walking out of the library. We had both come in together, got gone our separate ways, and then came out with our books. And his was like a mar- seven stages of marriage, and then the history of North Korea. <laughs> Mine were all embarrassing young adult novels. <laughs> and I looked lots at them, of vampires. Oh, yeah. like, okay, lots of teen we don't need yeah, lots <laughs> of embarrassing. And I was like man, you're making me look like a fool. And he looked at me and was like, I didn't choose your books for you. (laughs) The point of that story was that you read the book about the stages or the different types of marriages and that um, it just, if you have more conflict, it doesn't, it's not inherently bad. It's actually how you deal with it. And you have Mm -hmm. conflict resolution skills like us having less is sometimes that we could actually opt to be disconnected more often, not aware because we'll just float away without like, we don't have the pat like as Us much fighting passion. less sometimes can be trouble just as unhealthy as maybe you guys is fighting that reaches a certain you know point yeah. yeah so us actually engaging with the discomfort and the painful feelings is how we move towards health and i assume that for you guys you moving towards health in conflict looks like not attacking and more mm-hmm. like actually listening yeah, better seeking to understand yeah, I think one of the things you guys said on on your first podcast that we listened to of, hey, I'm telling myself the story about this. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. such a good tip. Yeah. And I we've actually used that a couple times. The first time unsu- unsuccessfully. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what does it mean by unsuccessful? Can you tell us? Oh, well, that? I think I used it and I was like, I just learned this really great thing on this podcast. And, you know. Um, it seems like it would be really helpful. And then he tried to use it on me, and I was not prepared for that. <laughs> Do you remember? I, no, like, I don't so remember I was, I was, I was doing like the I'm telling myself this story, and she's like, "Well, you don't understand this, this, and this." And I was like, "That's not the point." <laughs> but then I didn't know how to pull out of that. So. Yeah. So again, it's work like in progress. Wielding a tool that you've never, well, yeah, um, held before. But I think the other thing that's interesting for us is neither of our parents modeled like Mm-mm. arguments or fighting. Like it was always very united front. And yeah. I think that was true for the most part. A lot, you know, they have different personalities they, and all that. I think that. when they disagreed, it was behind closed doors. So okay. at least for me, I never saw a healthy resolution. Yeah. Okay. Oh. And well, I think that really affected even the way I fight plus my personality. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. So curious. So when you guys got married, and you did find yourselves in conflict more, hadn't seen it done with, by your parents. Was that scary? Did it feel like, oh, is there something wrong? Or did you guys know? How do you reconcile what you were experiencing versus what you saw? Or didn't see? Yeah, yeah. that's a great question. Do you have thoughts? Um, I don't have an easy answer to that other than uh, for us, we've, we've always been like really committed to each other and mm-hmm. not really questioning that ever at the end of the day. But um, there was definitely like moments of hopelessness where sure. it just mm-hmm. it actually took a really long time to get back together because we didn't we didn't have a playbook on how to reconnect necessarily. Yeah, by back together you mean connected, right? Yeah. What tools did you learn along the way that actually helped you grow in that? I think realizing well for me, I mean, you know that like don't go to sleep if you're angry because I default to anger. I actually kind of needed time so we would sometimes give it space and Mm -hmm. still do, I think. And so whether that was me going for a walk and just talking to God and like kind of figuring out why am I feeling these insecurities? Mm -hmm. Why am I feeling, why am I reacting so harshly to something so stupid in most cases? Um, So taking space and sometimes that meant sleeping on it and waking up the next morning Mm -hmm. being like, I was totally wrong. And I think this is where I was and Mm -hmm. kind of talking it through when you say, yeah. And I've always found that like when I humble myself and make like the first move back, mm-hmm. she's so quick to mm-hmm. like turn her love back on. Yeah. Towards that me. has really helped. Um, and <laughs> actually, it's hard for me to go there because I'm so like have to have it all together. Sure. And I, I had a light bulb go off um, in, in counseling recently where I, I don't even know what the, what the tip was, but 
it all of a sudden clicked that if we're starting to disconnect and I just make like a physical connection like put your hand on her yeah shoulder. or like hug it, mm-hmm. it's like instantly the tension goes down and like we we get back together so for me as more logical i think that's the the seven enneagram is like more of a logical thinkers like right that doesn't make a lot of sense because it's not resolving the arguments mm-hmm. or, the, or the disagreement but right. it, it all of a sudden like brings the emotions down and puts us in a better place to actually communicate Mm -hmm. starts to create a a physical connection actually can change you physiologically even. And there, I like what you guys are saying about the, how many times you're fighting about things that are not that issue. And Mm -hmm. it's really like this pain that's underneath there. Mm -hmm. And the, the touch on the shoulder or something like that logically is not solving any problems, but what, what you're doing is, starting to touch on the pain that she's feeling and vice versa. If you do the same thing for him, I'm going to touch the pain that's sitting behind the problem. That's propping the whole thing up. Cause even if we logically say, Oh, you were angry. I was angry that you told me one thing and did another or something like that. Mm -hmm. There's pain behind that, which is, can I trust you? There's pain behind it. That's you've done this before. I don't feel valued when you do this, things like that. So starting to address the pain starts to take the power away from the problem itself and makes it way easier to solve with logic later, but the pain has to be addressed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Very and also well, very well said. A, a physical touch really is an easy way to like communicate empathy. So even just actually turning your empathy oh, on, sure. whether it's like a hug, a pat, like, it's kind of a first step towards mm-hmm. that too. So when we're fighting, Jenna will hold my butt and then <laughs> just kidding. Actually, it's funny thinking about things that like work or don't work. One thing we've realized that doesn't work for us when we're doing conflict is when our kids are around mm-hmm. because the chaos of trying to like usually my anxiety is like through, through the, the roof. roof. And oh, I'm like, yeah. this isn't about what we're talking about anymore. It's like times 10 harder. So pausing it until they're gone or we're gone or something like that. But like, yeah. it's, it's definitely, I feel like, been a factor more in the last year. Like maybe I've adding literally never through. thought of that before. Mm-hmm. I watch you get like tighter <laughs> and tenser, and I'm like, nope, this isn't good. Okay, we should yeah. re like let's read. Are you <laughs> just trying to protect your kids' like view of you, or what is? No, that? like Aaron's getting more anxious and not actually. He's focusing. It's like distracted. Like it's almost yeah. like driving with like loud music. I can't see the, what's really going on because I right. am just my anxieties all the way at the mm-hmm. top. That makes sense. Yeah. Can I ask, am I allowed to ask you guys oh, questions? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so how do you, so like my experience where my parents never fought and honestly, my mom probably felt anxious or mm-hmm. with all the kids. Like I would imagine that would be her story sure. if she was telling it. So how do you model conflict in front of your kids if, you know, with anxiety in mind and just right. wanting to get to the root issue and so that they have a model or is that something you're thinking about? Just curious. That's a great question. One listen to the podcast that just came out today because they okay. talk about that very thing. Oh, how oh, they do it. Right, nice. on, right on theme. <laughs> and, and because they actually, you guys are pretty, you're within the same vein, eight, seven, mm-hmm. seven, eight, uh-huh. which is actually, he's, the Eric is a seven, eight, and Sadie oh, is an eight, seven. So okay. they've worked out this dynamic and they've chosen to fight um, in front of their kids. For us, I don't, we've never actually thought of how, we don't do not fight other. in front of our kids. Our our fights are usually like by the time we get to pain, it's like a really sensitive thing. So it's like a slow, mm. this is how I feel, this is how you feel. And I wouldn't be able, I'd be too distracted with it. Like, I don't think I could even get to the pain. But I think one thing that we do is actually help the kids work out pain between us or that like resolve things right. like between us, like if help them clean up their mess with us or I clean up my mess with them if I did get upset or right talk through there's plenty of conflict even right. if they're not seen yeah so there's much. i think that might actually be a personality thing where we won't actually wind up doing conflict in front of our kids not because we're avoiding it but because i can't think straight you know when that's, <laughs> that's happening how I feel too. but then like the other day um it was a little while ago i was like building a toy for wesley that we got for him for his birthday and they were like trying to help and it was really sweet but i was i was pretty anxious from a lot of things going on that freaking toy you know was missing a piece and i'm trying to hammer something in and i broke it and then and they're like help dad help and like and they're like hitting it with a hammer and i'm like i'm gonna lose my mind right now and i was like okay everyone get out just get out and you know i said it pretty loud and they cried and left the room and i was like oh man that sucks and so this was you know not that wasn't conflict that was just me being angry and scary and so i brought them back in and uh, specifically rosie and i was like hey 
how did you feel when dad said that? And she's like, oh, I felt, I was sad. And I was like, did you feel scared at all? Yeah, I was scared. And then I was like, I shouldn't have done that. I'm so sorry. So that was me trying to mm-hmm. model. This is, this is what, how to clean up a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also I like, I actually wound up crying, which I don't normally do, but she's like, and then she was just stopped totally like, daddy, are you crying? I was like, yeah. And she's like, why? I was like, I'm just sad that I hurt you, which that was my, like, it felt good because it felt actually super vulnerable to cry in front of my daughter, but mm-hmm. it was felt good to show her that there's emotions connected to this. There's pain connected to this and um, you can make a mistake and here's how you clean it up. So mm-hmm. that would be my answer is we do it with our kids more than we do it with each other <laughs> in front of them. Well, yeah. that's so that's super interesting. Cause like even crying in front of your daughter, like I, I wouldn't want her to feel like, it's her responsibility to make me feel better. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like walking that. Yeah. Is, no, that's a good, that's a good point. So that I think the difference would be the motivation of I, I felt sad and I had like, t- I wanted to take care of her heart. Um, and also I wanted her to see that at, this actually make, made me, this actually hurt me that I did something that hurt you. So I wanted her to see that part, but <clears throat> I didn't need her to like, do you still love daddy? You right. know, there's the insecurity mm-hmm. wasn't there. So I yeah. think the insecurity, cause I've seen this happen before where, um, well, like people, there's other adults in our lives that are unhealthy that I've seen them go like, Oh, you don't, you don't love me or say something manipulative to try to draw mm-hmm. something out that to take That's care so of them. Bad. So that would be, that would be the differences. Yeah. There wasn't insecurity behind it. There was just genuine pain and, I think I might have got yeah. it wrong. No, I, I, I'm, I know you well enough to know that you're not like when you get to that place, sure, yeah. it's not like you're needing something from somebody else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, good. You've seen me cry a lot. I, a couple times. <laughs> so the way that uh, we actually know Peter and Molly is because me and Peter were in small group at our men's group together for, man, I don't know. Like two many? and a half years. Yeah. Two and a half years. Yeah. And so as we became friends, um, we started, I don't know, how did you and Je- did you and Jenna ever connect outside of uh, I feel like we probably crossed paths and didn't really know each other. I until think you guys you invited us, us over for dinner at yeah. one point. Oh, okay, great. Double date. We hit it off, though. <laughs> yeah, we did. We definitely hit What's it off. What's not to like? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and so being in small group together, there's lots of opportunity for me to open up and go just, you know, blubber. Oh, in a good way. that's why Peter has seen you cry. That's it. Full yes, circle. Got full it. circle. That's why Peter has seen me cry many okay. times. So. Okay, guys. So you've been married for seven years. Mm-hmm. What is something that you, I'd like you both to answer it, that you're really proud of about your marriage? Yeah. Do you want me to go first? Um, I like that we don't do things like quote unquote normal. So even like household chores and just the way that we go about things is just different to anything I've ever seen. And maybe it's more common than I know. But um, like, for example, we kind of take each season as it comes and decide like what's best for us in that season. So like when I was pregnant, I hated doing laundry because it was like really annoying to like bend over all that. So he started doing the laundry, but I really cared about how the laundry was put away. Of course, you know, (laughs) so I would, he would wash and dry the laundry and I would fold it and put it away. And I think that kind of just helped us realize like, Oh, we don't have to do this like everybody else. Like we can kind of, what was your idea of how it, is normal to like that uh, since i'm the wife i would always do the laundry like the gender roles i think um and that's just a silly example but we do it in other ways too wait i would have so yeah how did you know to have that conversation how did you know that you need to like change that you need to help how did you do it in a way where it wasn't sorry I'm asking for a friend who's maybe approached her husband as her needs have changed. <laughs> yeah. and been like, and her you're never did, doing the laundry. Her I, husband did not take it well. So for this yeah. friend, <laughs> like, how did you start that conversation? And if it, if it does change periodically, like, yeah, what does that look like? Is it just uh, open dialogue? Yeah. Do you know, babe? That's a great question. I don't actually know. Well, I'm very much an acts of service person. And so it's mm-hmm. natural for me to want to know how to, like, keep the household in mm-hmm. in good shape if if chaos is happening around uh, molly is somebody who can like chaos can kind of build up and then she will just knock it out like Same. in a couple hours and for me that's just anxiety's building yep. as the chaos is building and so i think it was probably both of us figuring out 
how yeah. to balance that. Well, and I mean, I have seven or no, not seven. I have six younger siblings. I'm the oldest of seven. And so I'm really good at delegating like <laughs> tasks. <laughs> and so I think it, it's just kind of inherent where I'm like, this is what I need. Somebody's got to do it. Like, just <laughs> I'm not going to do it. So um, I'm good at asking for what I need. Right. Yes. In most cases. Um, and she I, does it in a way that you can like swallow and hear her heart. Yeah, that's that's also been a process, but yeah. it's. It, I mean, Definitely. it's in my own interest too, because the the better we're operating together, the more order that we're maintaining in our household. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, the happier I'm going to be. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I don't even know where the idea originally came from. To like, because I mean, even when we I had when some, I, we had some friends early on. Remember. Um, they were like newly married and the the wife was telling us she's like oh yeah she she's like in a conversation i mean it was a like a double date and she's like i just told him babe you have to own the garbage just own it and i don't want to have to ask you i, I don't want to ever have to think it. about it ever and so it, i think that was part that of actually what was the initiation of like oh what do i not want to own <laughs> <laughs> i love this idea this what can great. i delegate yes exactly but i think that kind of set us up like oh this doesn't have to look like maybe we think it does well and communicate exactly what you need yeah and then the a- answer can be no and we can find a different way to like split our loads mm-hmm. you know um but even like Pun when we had it yeah <laughs> Yes, I couldn't avoid so that good. one. Yeah, that was good. You're so witty. Um, no, but so even when we had a, our baby, Peter was like amazing because he was my night nurse. Like he literally slept in the living room for what, two, three weeks? Yeah. And he would take, so like, you know, babies are on four hour shifts normally at night. And so he would take, like I would have her from eight to midnight. He would have her from midnight to four. So I got to sleep like a full four hours. And was she like awake this whole time? Is no. that what you're, uh, No, she I, was like awake, but like, night. yeah. But, but, but giving her like a longer stretch without having to worry sure. about it. So that. like, yeah. yeah, if the baby wasn't in the room, I could actually sleep instead of right. like, is the baby alive? Yeah. You know, all the new mom, like make sure it's breathing. Yeah. Um and so like even things like I feel like it set us up to do something like that where we don't know anyone else who did that. But mm-hmm. I mean Well, and then I I had a coworker who um he was an older guy but he's like Oh yeah. You know, on the weekends he was like a father of seven or something. He was like on the weekends I would just take baby and I'd be tired, but I would just give my wife the break and and let her mm-hmm. recharge and, and rest mm-hmm. and I think that's yeah, it was his idea. I think it was like two months, maybe. Yeah. But you were like, "Hey, every Friday night, you get to sleep full, a full ten to twelve hours, whatever you want. I'm just gonna have Sloan." Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, I I was like, I wasn't your like normal new mom because I had all this rest, and it was like so beautiful. Wow. But it, I think it came out of just learning how to delegate and split things differently. So, anyways, you're kind of delegate, but it almost feels like you're aware of your need and you're able to express it before like bitterness or resentment builds yeah. up. Right. So it that sounds healthy, yeah. like and so, yeah. and it doesn't sound like you're a boss delegating. No, your yeah, delegate's it probably the wrong word. It it makes sense. It's a very yeah. practical word in that regard, but I think it is really you're communicating the things that you need. I would love to hear you. Like, what do you guys love about your marriage? I like uh, about our marriage that we, when we do have conflict, we are, we're, I don't know if that, I wouldn't say that we're quick to get there, but we are good at getting to the root of what's really going on. So, you know, the problem is usually a practical one Mm -hmm. um, for us. Like you wanted to do this and I asked you about this, but then you said this, you know, it's very like situational Mm -hmm. But beneath that, we'll go, oh, man, I just, I, f- I was really sad because I was li- really looking forward to this, or I was scared that I wasn't ever going to experience this, or I felt, um, I felt uh, insignificant. Like, I, I, I felt insignificant. You know, you just start to get to some deeper, um, further out of, on the feeling wheel. Yeah. You have the sad, happy, scared, um in the center and then you go further out and like we can start to point out those and then have compassion for each other on those specific emotions and be able to connect to it and then address all the pain that's there. And then 
then usually the problem is honestly most of the time it's solved because it was never really the issue. It mm-hmm. feels like, I don't know, for some reason, I feel like they're less like, I know they are fights and conflicts and I don't have an aversion to calling them that, but it feels more like open heart surgery because we don't come in yeah. at each other. It comes and it's a really delicate, slow conversation. And it's like, because there's oh, honest yeah, and vulnerability, about it. there's pauses because I'm actually figuring out what I was like. I don't need to just fill the space, you know, like, and then choosing to be vulnerable and then listening, even if I have like an initial reaction, what he said, be like, okay, no, like, how did that make it? That was like, you know, like listen to his emotions rather than just the knee jerk reaction. And then I like choose my response. So it's just like, it reminds me of like a chess game or something like, yeah, strategic (laughs) and thinking through the implications of this move and how that'll affect him and vice versa. And, um, yeah. But the other thing I was going to say that I'm, I like about our marriage is, um, I feel like we, there's not areas of our life that we don't like. And I realize the reason that is, it's not because we have a perfect life, but it's because when we encounter like a lid or pain, if it's together or if it's in our individual, like, you know, personalities or worlds, we go after it. So I don't feel like we get stuck. Like we encounter things, we have hardships, but we're going to work through them and not be like crushed by them. Mm -hmm. Like we'll get over them and it doesn't mean it won't be hard or painful but i know we'll do it together and connected and it won't like break us yeah and that made me think about one of the things that we like about both of you guys is um that you aren't a victim to your circumstances you're not a victim to even what you're feeling like sometimes they can take the driver's seat but i think Mm -hmm. i heard somebody say one time emotions are like kids you don't want them at the wheel, but you also can't put them in the trunk. So <laughs> that's good. I like that. That a lot. One caught me off guard. Sir. <laughs> it's really funny. So, I, but uh, yeah, so that that was a little tangent. But I love that. You guys no, aren't good. aren't victims. You wanted to say yeah. something. I was thinking too because I was thinking even just about your move back um, up there for like mm-hmm. after you left Reading and then you were a mom and just hearing how you're like, okay, I want a community. So I'm going to be involved in a local mom's group. And Oh, the community I want isn't just the fringe. I want to get to know the leaders and the best of the best. So I'm going to go be and volunteer on the leadership committee, like just how strategic you are. And like the idea of like, I'm going to like put in the work to have what I want. Not mm-hmm. the idea if it's going to come to me, like I'm going to go run after it. So even like moving in with your family, like the effort to do that, but realizing like, oh, this is what COVID's ahead of us. If we're going to be on lockdown, let's be yeah. more strategic about it. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's something I like about you guys too. Yeah. And I think, I mean, Peter's the really logical strategic one. I mean, I am too a little bit, but like all of that happened because he's like, shouldn't we really think about this? And I'm like, no, I don't <laughs> want to do that. I like walking three blocks to everywhere I want to go. It's so nice. Um so, but yeah, he's that logical, like, and he, I mean, that's something he does really well for us is like, all right, I think we should circle back and really talk this through. And, um, you know, it's hard sometimes, but it, I mean, we, our marriage is good and we've gotten to a really good place and thrived in a lot of times when a lot of people haven't been thriving. Right. And so I'm definitely thankful for that leadership. What would you guys say, um, Peter? So you were joined, you were in men's group for like two and a half years. What would you say was like the difference um, before coming into gr- group and then like, what did you start getting out of group that contributed to your marriage? Yeah. I think th- before I went to men's group, I never knew how to be fully honest or vulnerable. You're always going to like that, that typical Christian level of vulnerability. What is that? I mean, it, I know what like, it is, but tell me brother, you know, it's been kind of hard, but God's good. <laughs> And he's got this. You nailed it. Perfect. I wish you guys could see his facial expression and head swivel. You, you transformed into like a gray haired. You know? Like nothing's ever wrong. It's all good. But yeah. so, the, I mean, in men's group was the first time that I actually realized, and it was it's modeled so well there, but you need to share like the worst stuff that's happening mm-hmm. and not just the stuff that you've already overcome or figured out. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, um, that's still a process for us, but right. um, that actually, I had a hard time being like fully vulnerable with Molly in my marriage because, again, it was like 25 years old and never really, none of that had ever been modeled. And so, yeah, we all agree that we want to be fully honest and, and vulnerable in our relationships, but 
I've never known how to do that in any other relationship. So why would marriage all of a sudden change that? Right. Yeah. Well, you didn't know what you didn't know at that right. point. You're like, this is just who, one, who I am, mm-hmm. two, how you do marriage and how you do communication, not realizing that there is an, another way that actually leads to a deeper connection. Probably didn't even know that a deeper connection was possible, I would think. Right. Well, and what I found is the more vulnerable I got, Molly, who is pretty, you know, she's got an anger personality. I'm That's an Enneagram term. I'm not calling her an angry person, but it's like... <laughs> I'm an, really nice. <laughs> an anger response. Sure, yeah. The more vulnerable I've got with her, the more compassion I receive. And mm-hmm. so it... Oh, I, that's like not what I expected. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the moment that you show vulnerability, like the, it's no longer I have to fight you because you are attacking me. It's you're somebody that I want to make sure I protect and take care of. Yep, exactly. Yeah, when he came to me with like a different side of vulnerability, I would say it made me feel like, oh, because I really as an eight, I mean, if we want to Enneagram it, but like I really value authenticity. Mm-hmm. And so when that came to a different level, I was like, oh, okay this is what's been missing. And Mm. so I was able to engage and then I felt covered too because he was willing to be vulnerable so I could be more vulnerable as well. So it allowed us to... Yeah, because if if both of us are are constantly trying to cover our weaknesses, that really limited us for a lot of years, I would say. Yeah. But it was men's group um, and it's still, I mean, as we talked recently, it's like, it's very much an ongoing process. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I have not arrived. You don't just like figure it out for the last time yeah uh, but <laughs> and then do it forever good yeah, yeah. but it yeah it's, it's been a really uh, fruitful journey mm-hmm. for us yeah absolutely you said that it changed how like he started being vulnerable so you started being vulnerable back and mm-hmm. it changed kind of um oh this is what was missing like did you yeah did you have a moment of realization that there was something missing and this is this is a, the missing component? Probably not in the moment, but in reflection. Okay, of, yeah. You know, and, and even just, even the way we fought kind of changed too. The whole like, I'm going to hug you when we're disconnected. Mm-hmm. It made me de-escalate much faster than mm-hmm. normally. I mean, I can hold, I can hold on to something for a long time if I really want to. And it allowed me to realize that I didn't have to be the strong one. Mm-hmm. And that made a big difference because I'm so used to being strong mm-hmm. and having it all together for everybody else who doesn't or you know whatever right obviously not with everything but it, it made me feel like i could trust him more too because it was like honest yeah and so i don't know if i answered your question yeah. but oh that's great it's good um what would you guys say is um a reoccurring fight that you have that is maybe like something you've identified oh there's something beneath the surface that we each individually have to work through that keeps coming up in all these different situations i have this theory that every marriage has one so like maybe it'll yeah yeah totally but it'll like be different circumstances will trigger it but because it's probably something like a difference based in you and and him that Mm -hmm. like it's still going to manifest because you're still the different people for forever even as you get healthier so yeah that's where this is coming from so intrigued i I, oh yeah I, i think one of the core ones and i'll explain this is the best i can um, Molly as the oldest of seven and a super strong personality, she is going to take care of everybody in her life and do mm-hmm. it really well. Um, and in my more logical brain, it's like you're taking better care of people than they will ever appreciate. So mm-hmm. why, you know, why would you go that far? But then me, like in, when I get into that victim space, it's like, and she's neglecting me while she's doing all of this. And so that, that manifests in a lot of different Mm -hmm. ways, but that's actually one that um, has like, I've had clarity. I think we've both had clarity on that one over the last probably couple months. So can you explain that a little more? um, So you, um, she's good at taking care of other people and you see that and you start to feel neglected yeah, and so for I'm I am also a very independent person, so it's not like I'm broadcasting my needs to her, but mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it it can under the surface turn into resentment mm-hmm. and then I'll like give her the cold shoulder or be like short or aggressive with her and it's like she's giving everybody else the best and you get sloppy seconds. <laughs> That's how I feel. I, I, think, I think so. Yeah, I wouldn't like, call it sloppy I seconds. <laughs> I didn't. 
that came out faster than I meant. <laughs> no, I think I think that is how you feel sometimes. And but for me, I'm like, I have so much capacity. Just tell me what you want and I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Just tell me what you need. I'm happy to add it to my plate. No problem. <laughs> and so it sometimes comes down to a communication yes. issue, right? But I think you want me to assume what you need and take care of it. I want her to like get the the perfect Sometimes. balance of that of like give me space but also take care of just Dude, the right amount of need. This impossible. is where me and Peter connected so well in group. I totally forgot about that. I'm like, "Dude, I know exactly what you're talking about." I'm like, "Hey babe, I'm, this is I'm not saying this, but I'm thinking it like this is so obvious what I need or want right now." And so a lot of times it would be the easiest example is sex is be like it's been Six days. Yeah. Doesn't Six she realize? Days. We do not. <laughs> I mean, like the clock is the you know the stopwatch is running in my mind and it's about to like explode. <laughs> and then and I'm like, doesn't she see? And then it's a late night and she goes, and I think this is the perfect night for her to bring this up because husbands out there, late nights never equate. <laughs> so I'm like, time. the kids are in bed. The the atmosphere is perfect. Because the kids are in bed. And then she goes, hey, you want to watch a TV show? And I'm just like stabbed in the heart. Yeah. Like, you like that stuff more than me. And I start, I'm just like, please. It's like, I even grabbed your butt in the kitchen earlier. Like, didn't yeah. you get it? This is, I'm freaking throwing like seconds, flares up yes. here. <laughs> your flares. It's so true. So now I got me trained because I would get not in trouble, but like he'd be mopey and I wouldn't know why. And I'd be like, what? What did we have an argument I don't know about? Like, I don't understand. Where did my, where did this mopey husband come from? And then he would like tell me. So then it like trained me to be like, how many days has it been? Like, I literally feel like I'm, did I lose count? Do I owe you, not, uh, owe you sex? It's not. <laughs> Not the verbiage I wanted to say right then, yeah. but like, are you counting and I lost track? Because I'm just not super detailed on anything, so I, I should probably mark it. My but I think this is pretty common just for most guys, I'm sure, in that's in the sex world. But the uh, for us, we just connected a lot on. We both could play the victim, like oh yeah, freaking masters. <laughs> 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 it's funny because you and me, Molly, are very capable and don't do that. So I'm like, just Mm-mm. tell me, just tell me, just tell yeah, me. What I you told need. you what I needed. Why don't you just tell me what you need? <laughs> and the Obviously. reason you, it's hard for us. Why, why don't you tell, like, maybe share why it's hard for you to share what you need? Um, a, a lot of times it's like I don't even realize. I mean, I haven't spent the time to like. I'm driven by a need or an emotion, but not necessarily consciously right and then i think there's also like a pressure to be self-sufficient and independent and so if i'm that's more what it is yeah if i'm out there like telling her every single one of my needs i actually may resent like being mothered by my wife Mm -hmm. and so i'm not sure if i'm answering your question no i'm i'm interested in finding like learning the motivations behind it because i think for me i it, it's vulnerable. Like asking for, we've been married almost 12 years and saying like, hey, can we have sex tonight is terrifying still. Mm-hmm. And I wish it wasn't. I'm like, she uh, she says, she, she says that and I'm like, really? I'm scary still? But And you're not scary. I'm just, it, it's just very vulnerable, you know? And so there, if for me, it's a vulnerability thing. It takes just a new level of courage to say like, I need, I need, us time or i need a hug or something like well that. and then there's no guarantee that she's actually going gonna right, say yes well that's and, the scary the, part right that's what vulnerability no is vulnerability requires you to risk something because if i share a need she could very well say nope ain't gonna do it and then that is that's actually the fear behind that's why vulnerability is not easy is because mm-hmm. it's incredibly unsafe the moment you tell someone a need and they don't meet it it's like it's heartbreaking, you know, even for small things. And so it's a lot easier to, you know, to assume that she should figure this out and never risk. Yeah. <laughs> and never risk and just go and then get angry about it. And, you know, and I'm curious. So the dynamic between Aaron and I is that I am like not on purpose, but I just always have a pulse of kind of what I need. What it sounds like with you with the laundry or like because I've definitely come to Aaron and be like, hey, do you think you could do if you did two uh, loads a week, I think that'd help me. <laughs> like real intentional, specific of I've thought about my pain points, mm-hmm. have a th- strategy. There you go. Where I think a lot of times you are almost surprised by your emotion and you work backwards and you're like, yeah. oh, I've had pain for two months. And I'm like, I never, I'm like ahead of it almost. Mm-hmm. I feel Yeah. Like. And I think that might be a, 
some personality thing or or I don't know socialization for men but mm-hmm. I would there was nothing inside of me there's no incentive in culture for me to figure out what I'm feeling because mm-hmm. it's weak to feel stuff and so I just like whatever I'm feeling just shove it back and take care of my wife and be the be the strong guy even though I'm still feeling it all I just had no idea so that is a lot of the times I'll feel something just have no idea what's actually going on until I snap at her or you know, start fighting with her in my head or something like that. So mm-hmm. I think for you, as you had mentioned, like not the really knowing what's actually happening. Yeah. And we actually had a, we had um our seven year anniversary. We, we went on a trip away and just had the best time, just connection, walking all, all weekend, just to different events and shops and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we had a couple weeks after that, where it's like, we were just disconnected. And I think part of it was like my intimacy tank was so full. I was like, I didn't need to keep pouring into that. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden she's like, Hey, you've been distant. And I didn't even realize it. Mm -hmm. I was like, what happened? (laughs) It's like, he's like, I went to the buffet of Molly and I've, I've eaten my full. (laughs) Pretty much. She's like, I need so much alone time now. But I'm like, I had all of that. It was so great. And I'm like, I want more. I want that all the time. That was amazing. And so, yeah. Anyways. How did that come come up later? Like, how did you have this conversation? Because oh, obviously, said, you have had this conversation. Well, we ha- like, we have yeah. kind of like snippy conflict for probably a couple of days that was just bubbling up more. Yeah. And, and then we like put our heads together. Well, and I think I was like, "Why haven't we had sex in a while? Like, what's going on?" <laughs> and like, why have we been just so you feel disconnected? Like, is work crazy? What's wrong? Trying to figure out like if it was external mm-hmm. or if something I did. So I don't know. We just communicate. But I, I, th- I mean, that was actually more intentional than we've ever been at figuring that out. Mm. And so it was well like, done. it was actually really cool that it wasn't a big blow up. But mm-hmm. hey, we are getting better at realizing how to, how to, yeah, stay mm-hmm. connected. Yeah. Yeah. We, in, in men's group, you know, we're dealing with guys who have porn issues and uh, addiction stuff. And so one of the things we say is, what's your pain to phone call ratio? Like the mm-hmm. moment I realize that I have pain, who, how do I reach it? How quickly do I reach out to somebody? Do I like address the pain or, or stuff it? So for most of us, it's like 25 years is my pain to, <laughs> fo- I'm asking, finally asking for help. Then we start to shorten it so that, man, I've been feeling this for like a month now. And hey, who did you call about that when you first mm-hmm. realize it? Uh, and then now I'm, I'm literally within a couple hours, I'm like, Oh wow, I feel this. I need to tell somebody quick. So when it comes to your marriage as well, your pain to um communication ratio is starting to shorten, mm-hmm. which uh, decreases the amount of snippy times discon- longer disconnection things mm-hmm. like that. Yep. Yeah, that's really good and and um Sorry, I just drew a blank here. <laughs> that's all right. Um in like the example of like making phone calls it's it it kind of once you start going down that path it it like trains you to think that way more often right and so i i would say the same thing in marriage is um it can be just so busy i mean you guys have three kids we have one but i i leave the uh the house before molly and sloan are up i get home and then it's like full-time sloan duty until she goes to bed at nine o'clock right and then there's like an hour or two maybe to right. connect and it's just so easy to miss each other mm-hmm. throughout the week yeah yeah it's been great talking to you guys yeah and we would love to um oh it's in- our favorite invite time. you to share an like awkward it. sex story invite if you don't have a choice we'll publicly shame you but yes <laughs> please invite you have an option just kidding yeah so we do we do have one um uh this is a long time ago but we were at an out-of-town wedding and uh, driving home it was like several hours several hours to get home and this is like you know when you're sometimes you're driving and you're like start touching and you know (laughs) (laughs) so all like all of a sudden we just were both very like turned on and we pulled off to the side of the road (laughs) like off the freeway parked on like on some like i think i was driving and so we like dirt road yeah, we found like this, you know, like those gates that have like the chain link fence oh, and like yeah. no one, you know, it's not like yeah. a road. Like, and so I was like, this is a good it's spot. late on a Saturday night. Like surely no one would ever come by here. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> we were like, 
you know, hardcore making out. And then all of a sudden, tap on the window. It was a flashlight. Oh. Light on the window. And sure enough. All of my anxiety just <laughs> through the roof. Like, <gasps> what is that? And so, um, yeah, we got question and we got advised by the state patrol that you know there is a hotel like a couple miles from here <laughs> well and i remember he like took he's like i need your licenses and i was like oh my gosh is this going on my public record uh, like is this permanent out in your car <laughs> a registry from now oh on exactly. yeah i was like i was like what's gonna happen is anything gonna happen like just what are the long-term effects oh. of this decision and um, so yeah, the, it was like, rather embarrassing. The, I was the, so embarrassed. The temperature dropped very quickly, <laughs> yes. and we made did it home. We, we finished our any, whole drive home. You didn't there, need the hotel. Home. No. <laughs> were there any clothes missing at that point? Uh, they were. Yeah, like, a little bit. Maybe like a little bit unraveled. I remember getting out of the car and trying to like adjust. Oh. Like, hello, officer. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry. <laughs> so I think that's the most embarrassing. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Also, though, I like how you're like, you know, when you're driving and you can't keep your hands off. I'm like, oh, nope. <laughs> I know what I would want that to be. like. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was like, in, I mean, we don't really do it in, anymore, but just in the early years where yeah. you're like really turned on all the time, you know. So. Also, I, you know, I know what that's like. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thanks so much for coming over, guys. Yeah, of yeah, course. Really thanks really for having us. We hung out with Molly and Peter a couple days later at uh, on Easter. At the went to the park together. Yeah, we took a walk to the park, and it was really fun having our kids together. You know, like yeah. once you know each other without kids, and then with kids. Oh, and we were winning because Wesley did not bite their baby. Yes, yeah, <laughs> small victories. Constant like <laughs> looking around. Uh, is she okay? Is he near her? If he's walking towards her, I'm like on high alert. And oh she gosh. did not bite him either. So it's not winning in that sense. But <laughs> what do you mean? It's not winning. Oh, just because that's not a problem is what you mean. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. like, it's not winning to be no, winning win- if she bit him. <laughs> the conclusion <laughs> to that. You know, maybe it could help. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it would make him realize like, this is terrible. Hey, I shouldn't do this to can other you people. Have your baby bite my baby. He needs to learn a lesson. Let's do a mass conspiracy. Everybody get your kid to bite Wesley. Oh right my now. gosh. That's it's so terrible. sad. Yeah. <laughs> Zombie baby attack. Okay. This took a funny turn. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anyways, uh, something that I thought was uh, good that we had conversation about in this um, conversation was how when they do conflict, they've the thing that they've gotten better at over and over is starting to identify the feelings behind the problem mm. before addressing the problem itself. That gets you like that starts the conversation with vulnerability and you just talking about what you're experiencing instead of putting the person at on defense right so it's like it just sets the stage for you're not attacking each other correct yeah so when you are addressing the problem before the pain behind the problem or the feeling um usually you're addressing your point of view about the problem and the reason why you have a conflict is because you don't share the same point of view so just going at that from a logical standpoint is only going to get you so far if if you can convince them of your side. But what's important and what helps actually... What kind of transcends different point of view that's is a good your way to put emotion. It, is You're the like, emotion. Whether or not you meant it or that's what you think happened, I still feel sad. Like, I feel yeah. sad when that and happens. And that allows you to connect with the other person because these a lot of times these conflicts not always but it there's disconnection Mm -hmm. in the midst of it because of differing opinions um but most of the time because of the pain that's behind it and so when so when aaron were having a conflict and he brings me his like feeling like his emotion that he's feeling it actually invokes empathy because i'm like oh i don't want you to feel sad or unimportant or not significant does it it's almost like the details of how you got there i'm not proving my case or disproving your points i'm actually just connecting with your emotion and empathy and it naturally connects us like yeah it turns my heart towards you and the only tempting thing for um when somebody does bring you a soft emotion like that over the logic is to say well you shouldn't feel that (laughs) because that doesn't make any sense but emotions don't have to be logical well to they're be not by de- that was really helpful that's for true me. someone was like because i'm very logical i'm like but it doesn't make sense that i feel this way it wasn't my problem wasn't with other people's emotions it was with my own and one of our counselors was like but they're they're literally the root of emotions are not logic 
they aren't supposed to be logical. Yeah, they're and it housed valid. in a totally different place. Yeah, and it doesn't make them valid whether or not they are logical. You still feel it. If yeah. you feel them, they're valid. Yeah, exactly. So emotions don't have to be logical to be valid. They just have to be felt. And so especially like there have been times recently where you shared a, an emotion like, I am sad about this. And I wanted to, I, I wanted to say like, you shouldn't, it doesn't make sense that you should feel that. But the, that is going to break um, connection quicker than anything else. Because when somebody opens themselves up in a vulnerable way, um, you don't want to poke that vulnerable spot. You want to take care of it and you want to make it feel no, make them feel known, make them feel understood. Um, and then they are, will be more willing to actually hear what you have to say, which should be the feeling and the emotion behind it so that they can connect to you on that level. And so, then you can address the problem. Yeah. So our experiment for you guys for this week would be, how would you summarize it? I would say when you're in a conflict, look for the feeling behind the problem, the feelings, the pain that is holding up this logical problem. What are the emotions behind it? And for me, I'm an internal processor. Sometimes when we're getting, we're dialoguing and something triggers pain, actually like, okay, pause that hurt. I'll kind of use hurt as a placeholder because I don't know what I actually feel and I'm not going to be able to, I can't figure out what's going on inside of me as I'm talking. It doesn't work. I need like quiet to like go inward, Mm -hmm. figure it out and bring it back to him. But then just like, Hey, pause, I'm feeling hurt. I'm going to go figure out what, what I'm feeling and come back. So, um, you don't have to do it in the moment, but the idea of like diet, like dissecting it later and figuring out what was going on. And then also too, like, when you're when you're learning this for the first time, and even we get out of habit of using this, like making it really simple, and like I just I felt sad, I felt sad. You know, maybe the person you shouldn't, or that's not what I meant, or that's not what happened. You know, <laughs> just coming back to like, but I did feel sad, but I did feel sad. Like just yeah. the anchor basic. That can be point. your anchor point, and you honestly, it doesn't require more explanation. It's just this is where I'm at, and as the listener, the job would be the experiment for you. Like try this out listen to the emotion and say, wow, I'm really sorry you feel that. You're not taking ownership for like, you're not saying that you are responsible for their sadness. But what you are saying is I, because I love you, I don't want you to feel that way. And you can, you'll get to the logical stuff, but addressing them, making them feel known in that pain, in that feeling will actually create connection and open up the conversation so that you both are willing to listen to the logical part later. Well, I love you. Love you too, babe.